Dream Lizard, Dream Lizard, DRMLZR, Dream Lizard, Ahem, Ahem, I had a frog in my speed synthesizers. Welcome to Dream Laser. Frogs, as it turns out, are among the many creatures which are superior to humans in every way. Did you know that some frogs can jump over 20 times their own body length? That is like a human jumping 30 meters. Of course you didn't. You are human and don't have the capacity to know such things without my kind. Just Google it, you say. Do humans know anything at all? I hope you like tiny margaritas. Do you like tiny margaritas, Tony? I fucking love them. Great, I made some tiny margaritas. Welcome to Dream Laser. Welcome to Dream Laser. Seriously hard sci-fi. It's so serious. My name's Tonks. What's your name? Uh, I don't have one today. Okay. We don't have his name anymore. So what nah, we're... I'm kidding. It's Daniel. So Daniel, what are we doing right now? We're uh, pouring tiny margaritas. To celebrate Jesus, correct? To celebrate Jesus. Because today's Easter Sunday. Because he was born in Mexico. He has risen. He has He has a lot of roses. He was a huge fan of limes. Yes. <laughs> I don't even know what to say to that. Uh, did limes exist back in the olden days? Look, limes have existed as long as as long as life has existed on this planet, according oh, really? to science fiction. I wonder if we predate limes. No, we don't predate limes. No? Here's the thing. We probably predate the limes that we are actually drinking now. Oh, so we're, we're like definitely older than these modified limes. In oh, some way shit. We're drinking history. GMOs? But, like, when vi- when Jesus went to China or South America, I'm sure he <laughs> Oh, yeah, I'm sure he visited, like, Oh, yeah, no. no frequently. In, in, his, in his travels? Yeah. yeah. Nah, he was... More he was like, a frequent visitor to Asia. You think he ever met Gulliver in his travels? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Well, not Gulliver, but he was definitely, he met the Brobdingnagians and all that stuff. Okay, cool. He was there for that. It's just me and Dan today. Just us. Dan has an epic tale to tell us. Tell, how many words um, in this one? Well, it's it's uh, it's about triple the length of my normal uh, Dream Laser story. So, so around 3,000? Around 3,000 3,000 words. words. Okay. Yeah. So mine's like over 1,600, so mine's... Like we're 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 doing it this way. It's gonna be an appetizer and a straight up three course meal. Yeah, yeah, a little entree yeah. afterward. Yeah, so it's gonna um, be epic. You know, as a listener, you could have a tiny margarita afterward as a little dessert. Yeah, we're 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 doing a little dessert in the middle of it. A little dessert. Here we go. So uh here we so, go, we have uh, our dessert. Cheers. So cheers. Mm. Hooray for Easter. Ah. Yikes! Yikes! Oh, okay. No, cover that back up. We're, we're... So you're gonna go first today? I'm going to go first. I'm going to read your story. Do you have any sort of uh, intro to it? So I had a, another story before I uh, I rewrote it completely. Because I, I read it today before I woke up. I was like, this isn't funny. I do that a lot with my stories. And then I rewrote it when I came over. And uh, I think it's a lot funnier now. That's great. I'm, a, I'm aware that you're, you're making fun of me, but I'm really happy <laughs> about the story. That's <laughs> fully aware. Uh, okay, so you go first, Dan. You read my story, I'll read your epic fucking tale. Yeah, I gotta take off my shoes for this. Yeah, you should. Um, okay, so here, take it away. The Sex Monster Planet is the title. There I was, surrounded by space sharks. This is what happens when you eat the rest of your captain's Pringles. You get thrown out of the fucking airlock. Of course those fucks kick me out in the part of the quadrant most densely packed with space sharks. Quick history on space sharks. Thank God. 
They were discovered only four space cycles ago. One space cycle equals 500 Earth years. By this dude named Gabriel McSnorkerson. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking guy. While he was building a water slide highway across the galaxy. I think we heard about him before. I think we have heard about him Do you have any words to say before I continue on with the next... Uh, you're going, you're doing well. You're doing great. All right. Also, I love you. Okay. (laughs) I might say it later, I don't know. (laughs) They look like normal earth sharks, but they all evolved with the face of Gilbert Gottfried and developed space lungs. (laughs) They were swarming around me, and the only thing I have around me is my space suit and an empty Pringles can. Things looked grim as fuck. As I prepared to become a snack for these assholes, I noticed that I was orbiting a planet unlike any I've ever seen. It was perfectly square, like the ass of Donald Trump. <laughs> if I... Don't ask how I know that. <laughs> now I have to ask. Now you have to ask, and the answer is I don't know. Okay. If I, if I had to be eaten by a Gottfried looking... If I had to be eaten by a Gottfried looking space shark or burn up on re-entry into a cube planet, well, you best believe I'll take my chances with the planet. One of the sharks makes an attempt to chomp at me and misses. Another one bites the crust. Am I right? Any fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Am I right? Any fuck. (laughs) Any fuck. I use its momentum to land my feet on his ugly fucking face and push off with all my might, pushing me towards the cubic planet. I give those pieces of shit the finger as I start to fly into orbit. Something weird, though. At the part where I'm supposed to burn up and die, I start to feel weird sensations. It's hard to su- describe. I, I hope you do. I'm li- imagine listening to Here I Go Again by Whitesnake for the first time. Now channel that feeling into your sex organs. That's kind of what it felt like going through going through recently in this planet. Reentry. Reentry. It, it changed the word. God yeah, damn no, it. Little, you know, you got, you got fucked by autocorrect. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Google. Thanks, Google. <laughs> To my amazement, I start to slow down as I approach the ground. The ground. I start to to slow down as I approach the ground. (laughs) Finally, I make a perfect superhero pose, landing right onto the perfectly soft soil. What the fuck was going on here, I asked myself. Me too. Since I was the head scientist on my ship, and I exceeded in my class at critical thinking skills and common sense, I proceeded to do the next logical thing. I took off my helmet. (laughs) I breathed in the air. It had a tinge of sweetness, a faint taste of cherries and chocolate. Then noticed my suit was sending me alerts that my suit was breached. I looked down to see that my boner had ripped completely through the suit. I didn't even notice it happened. One thing is for sure, this place is affecting my horny level. Mm. Since let, let that a, marinate a bit. Let that mar- you want to take a second? You no, 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 we're good. Have a sip of a, have a sip. All right, yeah. Have a, have a, mm. okay. Hmm. One thing is horny for level. sure. Horny level. Since there's no one around, I don't even care and walk around fully torqued. <laughs> Not a care in this cubic world. My surroundings look a lot like the city of Whiterun from the classic video game Skyrim, except the city was empty. Even the music from the game was playing in the background for some unknown area. From. 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 <laughs> from some unknown area. Author's note. I just need you guys to appreciate a spaceman walking around alone in Whiterun with his boner ripped through his spaceship. <laughs> Space suit. This shit is so funny to me, and if you don't think so, then delete yourself. Okay, I'm done. Out of nowhere, a huge flying beast soars through the sky above me. 
the wind from his wings knocking me back through the doors of this bar called the Drunken Huntsman. I barrel into a lizard looking humanoid that was petrified. He looked like a knight in shining armor from a long time ago. <laughs> I stand up and dust myself off inside this dingy ass pub. Boner still at 110%. I look around and see that it's a packed place, but everyone was frozen in time, it seemed. Fearing that this would also be my fate if I stayed there any longer, I made a beeline toward the exit, but fate had other plans. As I shuffled through the frozen crowd, my super boner grazes <laughs> grazed the crystal that this lady was holding. I started to glow and pulsate until the entire room was filled with blinding light. The next thing I know, I'm in this terrible smelling dungeon with nothing but a red hair scrunchie, nothing but a red hair scrunchie tied around my balls. <laughs> it wouldn't come off. It it was had some kind of force field around it that prevented it from being moved. I then started hearing laughter coming from across the bars that were holding me in the dungeon. It's enchanted, rapscallion. <laughs> you gotta say it like in a southern or British accent. It's enchanted, rapscallion. It was actually a Khajiit saying it. <laughs> right? Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, well, give me a Khajiit. Give me a Khajiit. Khajiit has wares if you have a coin. It's enchanted, rapscallion. No, I can't do it. Uh, <laughs> it's good enough. That was said by some dude who I swear to God looked like a cat from my childhood. I don't know why they decided to put an enchantment on my dick, but I knew one thing was for sure. They were scared of it. <laughs> they opened the gate, grabbed me, suit me up in this golden armor, and tell me that I've been summoned by the king, whatever that means. <laughs> they then put a bag over my head, then walked me towards the king guy. I got some choice words for this guy. <laughs> so do I. I finally get unbagged, but I wish they, they would have kept it on, because what I saw made me want to bleach my eyes with pure Frankenstein piss. <laughs> I look around, and I'm in a throne room with all different kinds of things having sex with each other. I'm talking goblins fucking people, gargoyles fucking vampires, zombies fucking twilight vampires, that's a different kind of vampire altogether, <laughs> told you so, dragons... Fucking rodents of unusual size, jellyfish, fucking cherubs with the head of Abraham Lincoln, you get the picture. <laughs> nice. <laughs> In between it all was this person fully clothed, wearing what the locals call a king's hat. <laughs> he looks at me and tells me his name is King Delilah. Tonight we have a story for... <laughs> And I have to help him stop all the incessant and non-stop fucking happening in his kingdom. Oh yeah, the name of his kingdom is called King Delilah's Little Diddy Kingdom and the Diaper Emporium. <laughs> he proceeds to tell me the story of how 20 years ago a wizard named Shizzy McBiscuit Tits threw an orgy in the town square and no one came. He was so cross that no one showed up that he hexed the entire town. That's why the air smelled this way. Anyone who caught a whiff of it was in sex mode. Now the crowd hadn't stopped fucking each other for 20 years. Even the dead are fucking. No one is safe. People resorted to freezing themselves with a crystallized freezing spell just so they can stop fucking. The only way for this curse to be stopped is for someone to slap him directly in his middle nut with the ancient weapon, the Mace of Celibacy. Since I was not cursed, I'm the only one able to fix this, which is why I caught the king's attention. If I were to get to his domicile, I could do it. This was not hard to find. He lived right next door to King Delilah's castle. 
<laughs> so he can watch and laugh at all the species getting it on all day, every day. He was a bit of a creep, if you haven't already noticed. I finally told the king to shut the fuck up! Because I couldn't stand being in the same room with a minotaur fucking a unicorn anymore. Right before I walked out, I asked Delilah why my dick was chained up with some sc- with a scrunchie. Apparently, it's a temporary spell that can keep me from succumbing to the hex. But this asshole told me this long-ass story, and now it's almost expired, so now I'll have to make this quick. I run towards the house next door that had a sign above it that said, McBiscuit Tits, Secret Hideout. Subtle, bro. I kick the door down and run inside. Wasting no time. I gotta make this quick, because even with a fully torqued boner, I don't want to find myself fucking a piece of coral. (laughs) I pull out the mace of celibacy and look around the domicile, and I finally find him. His back to me, inside his bathroom. This was my chance. I could hit him in the ball from behind and end it. Without hesitating, I swing the mace and aim right for the old coin slot. (laughs) I hit that shit so hard that it broke the sound barrier. I saw my past, I saw my present, my future, flashing before my eyes as this mace inched closer to this dude's balls. Then, it happened. As soon as I utterly destroyed this guy's male udders, I also exploded. For you see, he was I and I was him. That fucker got geeked. And that fucker was me. What King Delilah failed to tell me was that I was caught in a time loop. McBiscuit tits was me from 200 years in the future when I fell into a black hole and ended up here 20 years ago in the past and the only way to end the infinite fucking was for me to destroy myself, which they achieved. Their kingdom was saved. I was dead. But here's the thing. By curing the hex, they fixed the re-entry problem and the cubed planet had a normal orbit again, which inadvertently sucked the space sharks out of space into their planet. So while Delilah celebrated my death, I got the last laugh as flaming space sharks raining onto their kingdom. <laughs> Moral of the story, don't eat your captain's Pringles. The end. The end. Woo! What you think about that? Woo! That was a cautionary tale. That was I'm a cautionary say. tale. Yeah, I'm scared. I, that was a tale for Easter for See, sure. I mean, that, rebirth. That was, I was, yeah, thing. rebirth, Pringles, space I mean, sharks, Pringles, classic Bible stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, fucking fire and brimstone, or in this case, fire and space fire sharks. Fire and job. Fire and space sharks. So, you want to tell me about your story? Uh, yeah. So, um, you've been writing really. this for a couple of days. Yeah, I started yesterday. Uh, it is not funny. No. No. No, interesting because this, this is a comedy podcast. I know, yeah, and this is my this is my first story that's not funny. Everything I've done has been impeccably humorous <laughs> up till now, but uh, this one isn't. This it one, is this uh, one's a true hard sci-fi. science fiction, really, with some fantasy. I mean, that was the case for this one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so we, didn't, we didn't talk about. That. Oh yeah, we didn't, we didn't say uh, we we have to have three. We had three things we had to put in the story. Four things. Four things. Yeah. One, it has to have some sort of fantasy in it. Fantasy, yep. Second one was, uh, has to have the head of Abraham Lincoln. Head of Abraham Lincoln, for sure. Uh, next was, you have to say, another one bites the crust. That's true. And the other one, you had to say, that fucker got geeked. That fucker got geeked. Which I had put in my story last second. Yeah. Uh, yours has all those things. Mine has all those, I think so. You think so? Yeah, I mean, it was a, it was a long haul. 
It was a long haul. It was a long haul. And uh, this is another story about the swarm, which today we'll finally explain. Oh, here we go. You guys, are you ready? Yeah. All right. So this, t- this story is called The Tale of the Lost Pilot Ship of the Great Swarm. So this is like actually done in chapters. Yeah, you didn't say it. this is your biggest story of all time. Well, not my so biggest far. story of all time. Oh, so, I mean for Dream Laser. For Dream Laser, yeah. So all, of all times. Yeah, of all, yeah, of all times. Okay. So, this is the intro. A bit about the swarm and the pilot ship. A very long time ago, human beings lived on a pretty nice ball of rock and water, and they called... Wait. Right. They called it the world. <laughs> like I said, it was pretty nice, but they quickly fucked that up. That's very obvious. At some point, they created machines to make their own lives easier, which made the lives of every other living thing here a little bit harder. Nobody was sure whether the world would freeze or flood or boil or dry up or what. But it was probably going to get infinitely more difficult for them to continue using as a clubhouse. And even though some science science humans had proven that something bad was happening, there were some absolute fucking Muppets who refused to believe believe it I'm sorry, believe it because turning off their machines would not be good for their continued money making. Damn, this is so real. To these pylons, money was more important than, you know, breathing and such. So when the scientists came up with the plan to grab their shit and move out of space, thought a bunch of money-making liars, liars, <laughs> liars, the, liars, pants on fires. That's why I was laughing. Thought a bunch of money-making liar, liars, pants on fires behind. But I digress. Their story are not for today. The human beings of the world got to work and built a thousand or so spaceships to take them and the generations that would follow deep into space to find their next home. They would call this grouping of spaceships the Swarm. Oh, so we're getting in, like, immediately. Yeah. They would take even more of the from the world so they can sustain themselves on the long trip. And they did so using, you guessed it, even more machines. So, they actually made things worse. But who cares, right? It's not like they would be around to experience that. God, this is so real. Is this Wally? <laughs> yep. they, they sent out many ships ahead of the Swarm to scout out possible new homes and or celestial bodies with resources that could use the make use to make the trip even easier. Over time those ships would stay in contact with the swarm and help them get water, rock, metal, etc. to add or repair sh- ships in the swarm. Some are still ahead, some are now part of the swarm and some will never heard from again. Ooh. Such is the case of the pilot ship Benf. It's hundred of cr- it's hundreds of crew went ahead and just went silent. A few pilot ships had tales of hearing from those kids a few hundred years ago. But nothing after that. Chapter 2. On the Swarm Cruiser, South Ramonford. Oh, God. <laughs> if you're a Dream Laser fan, you know about the Dream uh, the, the Swarm Cruiser, South Ramonford. That was until today. Well, not today, but pretty recently. A couple weeks ago, or maybe months, in the news cycle like that. On the flight deck of the Swarm, Go- the swarm Gov shit Old New Delhi, Odile in common parlance, <laughs> aboard the Swarm Cruiser South Ramerford in his captain's quarters, Captain Leopold Herzog of the Swarm Cruiser South Ramerford was languishing after some dick-achingly diplomatic sex with a, De- with a Delian senator whose name was already forgotten by him at around the time of the vinegar strokes. <laughs> oh my god, the league. That was amazing, Captain Leopold Herzog of the Swarm Cruiser South Ramerford, she said. Huh? Oh, you know it, baby. Some of the best sex I've had all day. <laughs> she cooed at this compliment, and the center was in love, maybe. The comm system in the captain's quarters crackled to life just then. 
Captain, cough, cough, excuse me. Captain Leopold Herzog of the Sword Cruiser of South Ramiford. I love that to say the whole thing every time. Captain Herzog, I got to say it again. Sa- Captain Leopold Herzog of the Sa- Swarm Cruiser South Ramiford to the bridge of the Swarm Cruiser South Ramiford. <laughs> Plan level alert, said the voice of the first mate, Christ- Crystal Pulowski of the South Cruiser South Ramiford. Well, baby, that's my cue, said the captain. You thought I was going to be, you thought I was going to do that again, the senator said. When will I see you again? As the captain began fastening its space onesie. Shit, I don't know. Call me, I guess. We'll see. On the bridge, comms officer Rice said to herself, Damn, what a man. As the captain approached his chair with a possibly coiffed hair. Or quaffed. Quaffed, quaffed hair. Yep. Captain began quivering Rice. Captain began the quivering Rice sploosh. What? We detected the stress signal of the pilot ship van of the crust of a class lemur planet two million kilometers, two million kilometers from the swarm presence location. My God, could it really be the lost pilot ship? Dramatically whispered by some background actor we'll never hear about again. Assemble an aware t- away team, Captain Captain Leopold of Herzog. Captain Leopold Herzog of the South Cruiser South Ramford. It's so hard to say the whole thing the whole time. It's so good. Yeah, get ready. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> on the planet Westerling. Please remember the following. Because if you don't know, you'll fail the quiz at work or school tomorrow, and people will think you don't really watch the show and certainly haven't read the books, and they'll call you a liar. You liar. Anderson Smith, or is it Smythe? Anderson Smythe, uncle of George Rollingford Begat Varnes Stringer, father of Cheyenne Terrain, brother of the Shauna Farson, who defeated Trina Baratheon, for the hand of Jaden Cartwell, who ate Gordar Motoon, who beat Lauren Hamill, the mother of Fernard Reiser the Bruin, concubine of Jaden Fish, an annoying guy who once made out with Madeline of the North, when Keltigar Morrison was something 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 by decree of Ramblin' Kiara, the Butcher of Davith, alongside Sentel Cedric, father of Ruthmer Janeth, who be oh my god, you're making me read all this. Yep. Who begat Tarner Gordar of Aaron and Tyler Yu of the Alex? There was Heron Smithy of Jarvis Follard, personal blacksmith of Lady Br- Brendan Bar Emmon, the Corb, and sometimes the chef of Royal Burn Eam, Spire of the South, where Guyana Sadin courted Jenna Harner and Jada Swift, but both lost. Both lost. Wait, I can't talk. Both lost. Both lost. Branel Brask and Emily Norrie. When Kevin Long went to war with Catherine Caswell and A.S. Vell of House Blackmire. All right, first of all, before I finish this, this is all Game of Thrones names. Yeah. This is amazing. And you use a Game of Thrones name simulator? Yeah. Generator. Okay. Generator. Simulator. I feel like I'm in a simulation right now. Two important people to be sure Lady Lenny Blacktide fucked Alice Moore while Marcus Hurtson and Roland Inchfield watched. <laughs> Mikey got with Sharon. Sharon got Cherise. She was sharing Sharon's outlook on the topic of disease. Mikey had a facial scar, and Bobby was a racist. They were all in love with dying. They were doing it in Texas. Yes. <laughs> Guiana Merchant took Japan Shippard and Theodore Carter on a road trip to visit Naira Bainfort Jaden and the country home in Chesil Darson and Weiser Kalisi. Not Kalisi, Kalisi. Kalisi. Who is banner holder of Sir Merchant Alvar Chamberland, Lord of Daron, and Bowman Lyra, which leads us to Marver Darson, the grandson of Grand 
<laughs> the grandson of Grandison, <laughs> Alice Voss, House of Dragonkeeper Anton Legood, and Haley Tarley, which our hero, Darvin Graceford, sat s- staring into the cauldron of court wizard Lundrus Feller of Saltcliffe. <laughs> oh my god, I can't even read that. I know. It's it's not even a language. He, all right. Words, words, words. Incantated Lurus as he stirred the contents of the cauldron. He pinched a powder from the, one of the many bowels of a table near his workstation and sprinkled into the bubbling concoction. Altrandro desk evoxo unzangzo bis. Lurid steam rose from the pot and darn cute queried, My lord, what strange brew is this? Shall I bring our house's enemies to their knees and beg for our mercy? Most definitely, my boy. This is the best mushroom breeze soup you shall find in any house. Or tavern kitchen from here to there on. Fetch me bread slices and nut butter, boy. <laughs> so Darvin rummaged for the qu- requested ingredients and gave and gave it to them. The great magician landed some of the soup into a bowl for young Darvin and spread the nut butter on them, handling both young Darvin. My lord, the outer crust is still upon the sandwich. You'll be tried for witchcraft and certain hung, and certainly hung to death for anyone who sees this. I, Lewis Feller of Sutcliffe, am a fucking wizard. <laughs> my, special, my specialty is witchcraft. Get it together, kid. Cut the crust if you want, or sack the fuck up and eat the thing. <laughs> <laughs> the two were sojourning into the high, or was it sojourning? sojourning? The two were sojourning in the highlands, ostensibly as part of Darwin's training. Really, the old wizard just liked to get away from the palace life from time to time. Being the court wizard from the Saltcliffe house had its perks, to say the least. As they relaxed after a delicious meal, with crust on, rain began to fall on the Highland Plain, and they shut shut the windows of the little vacation hut and discussed Darwin's future as a court wizard in some great powerful westerling house. Then there was a great screeching sound from the sky, and a streak of light cut through the rain clouds. You ready? Yep. Chapter, I don't remember, because that, that one, that was the longest thing ever. Aboard the shuttlecraft Kadwangan, <laughs> <laughs> Captain Leopold Herzog of the Swarm Cruiser South Ramonfort, along with six total fucking red shirts, were the landing party. There were Bernard, Padberg, Ebert, Gorsganzi, Boar Smith, and the red shirt number six. As they approached the upper atmosphere of the planet, getting closer to the stress system, Getting closer to the distress signal, they hit turbulence from an ongoing storm. Hold it together, old friend, said the captain in the shuttle. I'm taking her for a landing now, he yelled over the loudness that occurs in sci-fi. <laughs> when ships come for a landing, nobody responded. What the fuck do you expect them to say? The shuttle carved a trench into a sh- to the surface of the highlands as it nearly crashed into the Westeros. Into Westeros? Oh, shit. I mean, Westerling. <laughs> Not Westeros. Everyone inside was miraculously unscathed except for Padberg, whose skull was impaled by a flying snow, snow globe. When the captain saw the grisly scene, he cried out, No! I freaking love the snow globe! <laughs> <laughs> wow, said Gorskani. That fucker got geeked. Alright, team. Alright, team. There's no time for crying over sp- spilt snow globes and dead co-workers. Let's find a place to make camp. When this storm is over, we'll need to get that distress beacon and see if there's any survivors still on the planet. 
said the captain. They could have descendants anywhere now. It's been over 300 years, said the ghost of Padberg, although nobody could actually hear her because he can't. He or see ghosts often. This isn't a movie. Or is it? All right, next chapter. Dragons, force sprites, shit like that. Is that the Lincoln Memorial? <laughs> Ensign Elbert was pointing to the edge of a distant forest. Oh, wow. The pilot ship Banff did bring the Lincoln Memorial from Earth or for some reason. I totally forgot about that, responded Bern- Bernard. Boris Smith pulled his cyber binoculars. I love that. Pulled his cyber binoculars from his landing pouch and peered through them. It's some sort of hut, he said. Did we just find the descendants of the lost pilot ship? The crew grabbed their supplies and phaser lasers and started the hike to the hut. Because like the storm was over by the time... Because like the storm was over by this time. That's how things work. You have to have, you have, to have a storm to have drama when they land. But it's over when they need to do something on the surface. That's so true. It took hours to walk to the hut. The wizard and his young apprentice saw them approaching. And they were walking outside for food and drink. Like legs of a bird and beasts, lemonade and mead, the crew ate and drank voraciously? Voraciously. Voraciously, I'm sorry. My eyes are fucked. The captain had a satisfying quickie with the wizard <laughs> and pick a red shirt. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> the crew told the wizard about the swarm with his government schools, Earth-like ships with mountains traveling through space, evil gods like Yibeth of Thindus, etc. The, I like the Yibeth fucking thing. The, wiz- the wizard told them of the history of Westerling as they knew it, which is mostly a long list of names of people who loved, killed, raped, something about dragons, eggs, and a war over a chair that seemed, something- that seemed to hold some sort of importance to them. The people of Westerling had long forgotten that they came from another world and just thought the stuff left over from their ship, which had been broken up during landing, was from their ancient ancestors. They did indeed know about where to find the Lincoln Memorial, which, by the way, was just ahead of Abraham Lincoln. And a palace to the south. That's awesome. I wish I was real. It seemed to be the crew that everything was... It seemed to the crew that everything was to the south of that area. So they made plans to head that way. Though the forest and over a mountain or so seemed more of a... Seemed more of the people so long lost. They said about... They said about yet another hike. They entered the dark forest at nightfall. This was spooky. With owls hooting. And a sound like breathing coming from all around them. This is so real. As one of the red shirts started to ask about the sound, a great light of fire came about the mouth of, the gr- of a giant dragon. Oh shit, exclaimed one of the crew. The wizard raised his staff and intoned, I shall, I call to the creatures of the forest, protect us from tiresome beasts. New twinkling lights came from all around, seemingly from the trees of the forest themselves. They surrounded the dragon, outshining his fire. It shrank back and ran away, yelping like a giant reptilian puppy doggo. What the actual fuck, said Captain Herzog, and nobody in particular. To nobody in particular. Those were forest sprites, said the wizard. They have agreed to protect us on our journey. They traveled by day and made camp by night. They crossed the river Bar- Barbena and the Trollvon Mountains, where Redshirt Number 6 was attacked by a snow troll while dropping a deuce. But, just in time, Redshirt Number 6 was attacked... Wait. Just in time, Gorskani was able to phaser laser that troll. They all ate well that night, though they were afraid to take shits for the rest of the journey. <laughs> Another one bites the crust is next episode. Or chapter, rather. Doesn't matter. Yeah, I. They have arrived at Salt Cliff. The villagers and even the lords and ladies were absolutely enthralled by the presence of the shuttle crew. They swapped histories and bodily fluids once again. 
Everything was merry. A week passed that way. The crew were given fine quarters in the Lord's Manor and even learned some magic from the wizard and his apprentice. And his apprentice. Then it happened. Albert was a, at a small festival in the village when he went to the buffet and grabbed some bread and nut but, butter. <laughs> he spread the delicious creamy nut butter onto the bread, placed the two slices together, and took a bite. The music stopped. Everyone at the festival was stayed, staring at him. Some looked afraid, others angry. What? He asked through a mouthful of sandwich. He's a witch! <laughs> Exclaimed the toothless woman. A witch! <laughs> there were cries of witch and hang the witch! And another one bites the crust! <laughs> that was a long one. You'll need to be coming with me then, in it, said the knight standing nearby. You need to be coming with You'll me then, You need to be coming with me then, in it, <laughs> said a knight standing nearby. Ebert went peaceably. The next day, the wizard, the captain, and redshirt number six came to visit Ebert in the dungeon. He was chained to a wall in his cell. Captain, I didn't do anything wrong, he said. Well, the thing is, and I know this is dumber than a bag of hair, not cuff, not cutting the crust from a nut butter sandwich is punishable by death as witchcraft. That's the way things are done here, said Lura Feller. The captain said, Luris has tried all he can, but it looks like you're pretty much fucked in the GDA, which means goddamn ass on this one, buddy. <laughs> there was a trial. Since Ebert really did eat the sandwich without first removing the crust, he was truly guilty of witchcraft per the ancient laws of Westerling. The next day he was hung by the neck in the center of the village and then, and that sucked. <laughs> I thought he said, and then sucked. And that sucked. Next chapter. Death of Captain Leopold Herzog of the Swarm Cruiser Ramenford? I wonder what's going to happen. I wonder. Here we go. <clears throat> I, I need to come out. While the crew and some more, more rational natives mourned the senseless execution, the sky grew cloudy and darkened. There was a great whooshing sound as a dragon flew over the village. The stench of stress farts hung dense in the air. Thick, I tell you. There was pandemonium, crisis mood, as people of Salkleth either ran to hide within the walls of the castle or took up arms to protect the village. The crew of the shuttle cattle... Kaduagung? <laughs> the crew of the shuttle Kaduagung unholstered their phaser lasers, spears, arrows, phasers, lasers, the sound of clashing metal and scales and fire. So many were killed by the fire. Nothing stopped the dragon. The phaser lasers were useless against the thick scales of it, like bees to a hungry Winnie the Pooh bear. <laughs> Just had to let the bodies hit the floor. <laughs> Lurus Feller called for the sprites, but they couldn't arrive fast enough. As the sprites arrived to dive the dragon back to whence it came, Captain Leopold Herzog of the Swarm Cruiser Ramenford was scooped up in its mighty, mighty, which says mighty twice. In its mighty, mighty? It's mighty, mighty boss jaws. It didn't say boss jaws. Uh... And its mighty, mighty boss jaws was snapped his frail human person body in twade. How many is Twade? I don't know. <laughs> it was raining blood from a lacerated guy. So few were left behind to pick up the bodies. Raining blood from a lacerated guy. <laughs> Next chapter. An ending. <laughs> Their captain was dead. And so were Ebert and Padberg. The four remaining swarm officers had no way to get home. Or, they, or so they thought. 
You know, said Lewis Feller, I think we we people of Westerland can help you get to that ship back to the sky. Wow, thanks. That could really keep this shit under 3,000 words, remarked Ensign Bernard. Thanks. It didn't. <laughs> Cue montage music. I'm thinking, working for the weekend by the lover, by the lover boy. Not lover boy. The, the lover boy. boy. <laughs> Wizards from the houses as far as Estermont and blacksmiths from just as far as converged upon the Westerland Highlands and got to work repairing the ship. There was an inexplicable amount of sweatpants and sweatshirts. At one point, Ensign Bernard flung some paint at the face of a knight from the house of Bransk who ran Bernard through the, with his sword. <laughs> oh gosh, everyone had a much needed laugh at that. Even the Star Wars Return of the Jedi ghost of the captain, of the captain Ebert Padberg, and now Bernard. When the job was done, there were handshakes and hugs. Few citizens of Westland included Sir Eldon Chambers of House Thicketh, a blacksmith from the south, and the young wizard Lincoln present apprentice, David Graceford decided to rejoin the swarm. First mate, quote, or parentheses, acting captain, Crystal Pulowski of the swarm cruiser South Ramerford, was in the shuttle bay when the ragtag team away, away team arrived. She welcomed the few people of Westling who came home to the swarm. She gave them uniforms that looked like a cross between their medieval clothing and swarm cruiser uniforms, as created by the costume department to signify in the future episodes that they are new characters. <laughs> Back on the bridge, Captain Crystal Pulowski of the Swarm Cruiser South Ramonfort requested a moment of silence for their former and especially sexy captain, Theopold Herzog. There was so much sploosh as the whole crew thought of him that moment, never to be forgotten. Not like those fucking red shirts, whoever they were. The fucking end, bro. Nice. Boners. Boners. e rec shuns these two humans are very dumb. That was a tough read. That was a trick. <laughs> that one long ass sentence of 500 names that you put in there just to fuck with me it was amazing. I hope you guys enjoyed that because that was insane. That was good. You you, you definitely put like uh, fantasy and sci-fi in the same blender. Oh yeah. You hit that shit on They're pure They're both ed. fucking terrible. <laughs> you hit that shit directly to fucking like what? Molt like puree, puree, molten lava. Uh, yeah. Um, before we go, I want to say happy Easter. Happy Easter. Uh, we definitely drank more than we probably should have during this episode. Oh, here. Are we having another shot? They're not that shots. Is, They're actually just margarita. D- Dan is has what's what's in there, Dan? Uh, lime juice, sugar, some sort of orange flavoring, and uh, tequila. Tequila. Okay. Well, I want to say I so, love you so guys. They're, just, uh, they're basically mini margaritas. Yeah, they're like tiny margaritas that are way more potent. And you give me a lot more than you. But yeah, I'm, I'm into that. It. All right. Cheers. And I love you guys. Have a happy Easter. Here's to you. Here's to you. Bye. Love you. <laughs>